Welcome to Talk Bookish to Me, the podcast where readers gather to talk about books, share recommendations, and chase that five-star feeling. I'm your host, Gwen, and today I'm joined by Marcy, my friend and queen of horror. Today, we're going to be sharing serial killer book recommendations. Last October, Marcy was on the pod and we shared over 20 horror book recommendations from a variety of horror subgenres. So if you're looking for more recommendations, definitely check out that episode. Today, we're zeroing in on serial killers. Hi, I'm Marcy, and I'm from Marcy Reads, uh, mostly through all platforms. I don't have TikTok yet, so don't look for me there. Um, I read predominantly horror books, but I do like to sprinkle in um, a little bit of every genre, and it really all depends on what I'm in the mood for. Become an active member of my podcast community by joining Patreon. It's $5 a month, and as soon as you join, you gain instant access to a bunch of exclusive content. Also, make sure you follow me on Instagram at TalkBookishPodcast, and if you have a moment to leave a review on Apple and Spotify that really helps the podcast reach new listeners. Now on to the fun warm-up questions. <laughs> What's the last book you gave five stars to? Oh my gosh, I it was Meg by Steve Alton. Um, I love that movie so much. It's like my summer go-to horror shark movie and so I had to give the book a try and it did not disappoint. All right, the next question is what book has been on your TBR the longest and why haven't you read it yet? Oh, you're putting me on the spot again like last time. <laughs> There are so many, um, but I did go on my Goodreads, on my want to read, and I just went back. I think it was like 2012, um, but I went a little bit forward just to see which book like I still wanted to read. Because, you know, sometimes you put them on there and you forget. Um, but that would have to be The Seller by Natasha Preston. Um, I just, you know, books, new books come into your life and you forget about those old books you want to read. And that's just, it, kept, it keeps happening. That's why I have not read it yet. Yeah, I completely understand. But it's so funny because I know like your currently reading shelf is very, very full of a variety of books. Books and so I cannot even imagine what your want to read shelf looks like. Like I think you need to do a deep clean at some point, for <laughs> Marcy, for sure. because it's—I'm sure it's overwhelming. It, it really is. <laughs> Last time you were on the podcast, you mentioned Josh Mallerman is one of your favorite authors, and I know he had a new book come out called Daphne. Have you re- had a chance to read that yet? And what did you think? Of course, I actually finished it last <laughs> week and really loved it. I mean, the ending—he always leave me leaves me unsatisfied with the endings, um, which the same thing happened with this one. But overall, I really did enjoy it. And the atmosphere was on point. Yay, I'm so happy that you had a chance to read it. That's awesome. Moving on to our current reads now, I am currently reading The Witches of Moonshine Manor by Bianca Mara. Um, Think the Golden Girls as witches. So the story follows five Octagarian witches who are in danger of losing their manor because they have fallen behind on their mortgage payments. And they're hoping Ruby, one of the sisterhood who's been gone for 33 years, will be their salvation. Unfortunately, I'm not loving it. I had high, high hopes for this one, Um, but it's really character heavy and the plot is just sort of meandering. And I almost think like she didn't want to come up with a plot. She just wanted to talk about these great characters. Um, It does have some like LGBT elements that I just don't give me the best feeling. I'm not sure 
I'm not a part of that community, but I'd be very interested to hear what people, you know, that are a part of that community think about the certain themes and topics and the way things are discussed. But for me personally, it kind of gives me like, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I just, it doesn't give me a good feeling. So I don't like that. And plus it's trying really hard to be feminist and I love feminist stories. Don't get me wrong, but you can always tell when an author is like trying too hard. And that's definitely the case with this one. Um, I would probably DNF it, but I'm like 54% into it. And if I give it a real go, I could probably like finish it in the afternoon. So maybe it'll get better in the second half. I don't know, but it's not looking good. <laughs> Are you reading anything better? Um, well, I'm reading about six books, but <laughs> which is the norm for me. I don't know when this happened. I mean, a few years back, I just started reading multiple books and here we are. So the first one that I'm um, actually listening to is City of the Dead by Brian Keene. It's a um, sort of like a zombie apocalypse kind of book but with like a twist to it and it's actually a duology and this is the second book I'm really enjoying it I don't know if I'm enjoying the twist to it so much but I'm really enjoying the characters uh, we're following a father uh, he is divorced from his wife and they have a little boy she's remarried and the apocalypse he lives I think I think they live in Virginia and he's somewhere like south and so he's traveling to them as the apocalypse happens because his son called him and says hey daddy my mom is sick my stepdad is sick i need you and so he treks along to go find him and see if he is okay but the thing with this is that the zombies can talk and have they can talk and and mm. use weapons and so they're smart and so that's what interesting exactly so i'm really loving that part <laughs> Um, then I'm reading, I'm not going to explain everything that I'm reading because we'll be here for like five hours, but I'm reading <laughs> The Eye of the Minds, which is, I believe, a trilogy by James Dashner. It's been a while since I've read J James Dashner. I read The Maze Runner and that whole entire series and loved it so much. Um, I'm reading Bloodline by Jess Laurie. I'm also reading 1922, which I was reading for the Losers Club readathon, and I never finished it. I know it's such a short one, but I did not finish it. Um, it is short, but I, it felt long to me. Yes. I don't know if there was just like so much text on the page, and it was smaller font. I'm like, is this a full-length <laughs> novel, and you're trying to pretend like it's a novella? What's going on? Yeah, and it's a lot that happens and a lot to take in, and I'm really, really enjoying it. But I'm having a hard time reading physical books, so most of my books are audios, and I couldn't find an audio for that one, so I'm still trucking along. I'm also reading Sallow Bend by Alan Baxter. And last but not least, I'm reading, for like the past two months, I've been reading What Moves the Dead by T. Kingfisher. I'm enjoying all of them, it's just I'm having a hard time reading physically. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I'm like, if it doesn't have an audiobook, <laughs> bye. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, I just, yeah. All right, now it's time to jump into the recommendations. I feel like people are always asking for dark and disturbing books like this. So we're here to deliver today. I will say that I enjoy a good serial killer story, but I probably have more on my 
want to read stack, you know, like on my TBR that I've actually read, unfortunately. So at the end of the recommendations, I will share some that I have on my TBR, but what's your first recommendation? Same here as um, I have more on my TBR than I have actually read, uh, but most of my recommendations are gonna be fiction, except for this one. This is my only nonfiction book, and it is American Predator by Maureen Callahan. Uh, there is nothing really special about this book. When you're reading it, it's just your normal true crime story about the serial killer. But for some reason, it left me so unsettled by the end of it. We are following uh, the serial killer Israel Keys. I don't think that he's talked about enough or heard of enough, obviously, until this book is when I learned about him. But he has killed over for over 14 years all around the US and he would leave what are called kill kits and he has like cash in there and weapons all throughout the United States. And then when he was ready to go kill somebody in this particular area, he would go, you know, scan everything, pick his victims. He would go in just in plain uh, daylight and go and kill them and dispose of them. And then he would just go back to Alaska, which was his hometown, and just live his everyday life. And he continued like this for 14 years, which was just, I found that incredible. So creepy. All right. My first recommendation has to be Portrait of a Killer, Jack the Ripper, Case Closed by Patricia Cornwell. Um, this is like a nonfiction, true crime book. Patricia Cornwell is one of my favorite authors of all time. I'm a huge fan of her Case Scarpetta series. And many of the books in that series have serial killer plot lines. But I wanted to recommend this nonfiction book because it really opened my mind to serial killers. I read this particular book when it released in 2003. I've been obsessed with serial killers ever since. In a portrait, the killer Jack the Ripper case closed, Cornwell combines the rigorous discipline of 21st century police investigation with forensic techniques undreamed of during the late Victorian era. And I feel like it's always changing. And if you read her earlier books, like there's definitely stuff that's like outdated. But at the time, that was what we had. And you could see the progression of all of these, like if you read, like continue reading her series. So I love that about it. And she really does a lot of research into forensics and stuff like that. So drawing an unparalleled access to original Ripper evidence, documents and records, as well as archival, academic and law enforcement resources, FBI profilers and top forensic scientists, Cornwell reveals the Jack, Jack the Ripper was none other than a respected painter of his day, an artist now collected by some of the world's finest museums, Walter Richard Sicker. She also wrote another Jack the Ripper book called Ripper, The Last Life of Walter Sickert, which I haven't read yet. It is on my TBR, so I definitely want to. But I just think she always does really good with just in her fiction books as well. But she's very forensic heavy. Um, this K Carpetta series, um, she actually does forensic, the main character does. And if you follow her on like, Instagram or anything like that, she shows you all of the behind the scenes of the stuff that she does and stuff like that for her book. So you know she's really out there doing the research. Wow, that's so interesting. I need to check her out. I haven't checked her out yet. Uh, my second recommendation, um, like I said, these will all be fiction from now on. Uh, but because I just, I'd rather watch true crime documentaries than read them. For me, reading is more about fiction. So I just really enjoy serial killer fiction. And for my next one, it would be A Flicker in the Dark. I just really, really love this book. We are following Chloe Davis. And when she was 12 years old, these girls went missing in her hometown. And um, as time went by, her dad comes out and confesses to these murders. 
Um, and so 20 years go by, she's now a psychologist, she's living her life, it's her and her family member, and um, another girl goes missing, and they're sort of connected to her, and so all this starts over again, and this brings up trauma back into her life. Uh, this is a debut novel, and um, it does not read like a debut novel. I was super surprised to see that it was a debut, um, and I just, I loved it. It's a little bit predictable towards the end, but for some reason, it just, that didn't stop my enjoyment of the book. It was a really good read for me. I absolutely loved this book too. I really enjoyed it. I loved the writing, the atmosphere. Um, I liked the kind of like knowing what happened in the past, but it being more focused on like the now. And I don't know, it was just so good. And it was a little creepy too at times. Okay, now I had to do this next one. It's a literary fiction novel. If you check Goodreads, it says other things. But let me just say, it's literary fiction, y'all. It's Notes on an Execution by Danya Kakovka. And if you somehow don't know what this book is about, I feel like this is a really popular one right now. It's about a serial killer behind bars counting down the hours until he is sentenced to death by lethal injection. In alternating chapters, it pushes the women in Angel's life to the forefront of the narrative. Lavender, his mother, Safi, a young girl he knew growing up, and Hazel, the sister of one of his victims. This book took a different approach to the typical serial killer story, I thought. It wasn't a glorification of the kills. Rather, it highlighted the victims and their families. It was a character study mixed with commentary on criminal idealization in the media. We follow these women over a long period of time from 1973 until the present. So we get to see how their lives changed over time and how they changed because of their interactions with Ansel. The writing itself was lovely. It was a, definitely like a slower paced story, even though it is a short book. It felt long because just like how slow it was, but it was so, I loved this one. So the gorgeous writing mixed with this like horrific story uh, made for like a wonderful eerie reading experience. And I really want to recommend this book to readers who like true crime podcasts or docu-series because even though it is a fictional story, it very much read like a true crime story. Well, I haven't read this one either, but I've heard a lot of people talk about it and I'm really dying to read it. My third recommendation is Chasing the Boogeyman. And I find it funny that I wrote like wrote this one right after yours, after this uh, recommendation, because this one also is fiction, but it's written like true crime. And the author writes himself into the book. So it, it's, a, it's a work of metafiction. And so this really confuses you as you're reading it. I must have stopped like 10 times, especially after the uh, foreword, because the person that writes the foreword, I can't remember his name right now, wrote it like something that really happened. Like he's on vacation and he finds this book, Chasing the Boogeyman, and he's so captivated by it. So after reading that foreword, I was like, is this for real? So I started researching and researching. Every few chapters, I would have to go back and research. But no, this is fiction. And it follows um, Chismar as he finishes college. He's back home. He's prepping for, the wed for a wedding. And he's launching his career as a writer and these murders start happening in his hometown and he just finds himself in the middle of all this horror and writing about it but it was so fun and had such great atmosphere i think you recommended this before to me and you were like 
Don't research it. Just read the book. <laughs> it's just fiction. If you go into it knowing that it's fiction, you, it won't be as confusing. Um, my next recommendation is The Butterfly Garden by Dot Hutchinson. This is a thriller horror book. Um, near an isolated mansion lies a beautiful garden. In this garden, it grows luscious flowers, shady trees, and a collection of precious butterflies. These butterflies are young women who have been kidnapped and tattooed to resemble their namesake. Overseeing all of this is the gardener, a brutal twisted man obsessed with capturing and preserving his lovely specimens. When the garden is discovered, a survivor is brought in for questioning. FBI agents Victor and Brandon are tasked with piecing together one of the most stomach-churning cases cases of their career but the girl known only as maya proves to be a puzzle herself as her story twists and turn slowly shedding light on life in the butterfly garden maya reveals old grudges new saviors and horrific tales of a man who'd go to any length to hold beauty captive but the more she shares the more the agents have to wonder what she's still hiding so read this a few years ago absolutely loved it um i know it is the first book in a series and i have not continued on in the series i've heard that the series goes down i don't know like it's not as good as the first one but i was just satisfied with the first one i'm like leave it i don't read many series so if i can just read it as like a standalone that's probably what i'm gonna do um i think a lot of people are surprised going in because it does have the garden is described in detail. What is done to these women is described in detail. Um, and I really loved those portions of the story because it was just so twisted and dark. Um, but a large part of the story is also Maya sitting down with Victor and Brandon and telling the events. So you kind of have to go into it like, you're sitting in the FBI office and she's telling these stories. And as she's telling the stories, it kind of flashes back to that. So I think a lot of people forget that part of the synopsis and they end up not liking it or liking it a little bit less. So just know it does have a heavy, you're sitting in an FBI, you know, office with these two FBI agents and she's telling the story. But I just thought it was so creepy, so fast paced, so disturbing, so... If you're looking for that sort of thing, this is the recommendation for you. I've had The Butterfly Garden on my TBR for years, I feel like. And it's one of those books that when I tell people, oh, I haven't read it, they're like, what? You have not read this? I feel like it's the perfect book for me. And I've had it sitting here for years, but I just, I don't know what is my hesitation. Like, I fear that I'm not going to love it as much as people say. I think you will. I think you're, you know, and I love stories like that, that it's just a person sitting recounting a story to like the investigators or police or FBI. I love those kinds of stories. So maybe I'll, I'll sneak it in quicker. <laughs> I mean, if you don't get to read it like the spooky season, if you save it to like spring, you know, think garden, but it's horror. Oh, but you, you know what? Maybe I'll do that. Maybe for next spring, I'll, I'll put it on. And butterflies. Yeah. <laughs> a garden and butterflies. <laughs> but in the most horrific way ever. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm dying to read that. You know, there's another one that I read was Jar of Hearts. It's great for this for this episode. Oh. But yeah, but I feel like I will like the Butterfly Garden more than Jar of Hearts. I don't know why. Oh, which one did I like? Because I rated both five stars. Okay. So when you get to the five star status, you're like, which one are you going to like more? Yeah. Very different tones, very different plotting. 
I don't know. They're both really, really good. And when I read Jar of Hearts, I remembered loving it, but I don't remember loving it as much as everybody thought I was. I think I gave it four stars, which, I mean, it's still amazing. But so I don't know. I'm like kind of nervous to go into the Butterfly Garden just because of that. Because I'm like, I feel like I'm going to be let down a little bit. (laughs) My fourth recommendation would be The Chestnut Man. Uh, While this is probably my least liked out of all the ones that I'm recommending, it's still a super fun one. Uh, This is a translated piece of work and it is a long book which is probably the thing that I don't like about it because I feel like it was repetitive and when something's translated it just it seems longer than it needs to be and they're trying to get this atmosphere that the original language has that they just can't in the English version but either way it is fun um here we're following a killer that leaves little chestnut men at the crime scene and in their search of one of the crime scenes the investigators while they're searching one of the crime scenes they discover a fingerprint on one of these little men that belong to a victim that was kidnapped a year prior and so now the hunt is on for the killer and like I said it's my least liked but I still enjoyed it I just thought it was too long for what it was did you watch the show not yet oh okay so I could not read the book because I was like that's way too long yes (laughs) so so I skipped the book but the show was great and so great that I watched the first episode with my patrons. And then I was like, okay, good night, you guys. (laughs) Bye. And I turned it off and I watched the rest. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) It was so, oh, it was so good. No, the first few minutes, I was like, am I going to like this? Because I didn't know, you know, I knew the book was translated. I knew all that, but I was like, how is this film going to be? It was so, it, I forget how many episodes it is, but I binged it in the night before I went to bed. Wow, so. that is awesome. And you know, I read it right in pepper preparation for the show, like right before the show came out. I'm like, okay, let me watch it because these this preview or the trailer looks so good. I ended up reading it and liking it, but I just, that happens to me a lot. A lot of adaptations I don't get to because I sort of like read the book and I'm like, okay, I've had enough of this already, but I need to watch this one. Um, my next recommendation is My Lovely Wife by Samantha Downing. This is a thriller, mystery, suspense book. I had to have Samantha Downing on here. Absolutely love all of her books. This one follows a married couple with a unique way of keeping the spark in the relationship alive. Serial murder. This book centers around a pair of ordinary suburban spouses whose date nights involve death. Every couple has their quirks, things that excite them, that bring them joy, and also things that hold them together. Now, this couple from the outside would seem like they were the perfect couple. The husband is a tennis instructor at their local club, and the wife, Millicent, is in real estate, and she is succeeding in that field. Their dirty little secret is they like to commit murder together. Well, the husband kind of picks the women and then Millicent does the murdering and covering it up. It is so wild. So a couple of things about this. They never name the dad. They never, like he's never given a name. And there are some, like, even with that plot, you're like, okay, it's going to be pretty twisty turny. But this was her debut. And this is what made, like, put this author on my map. And I'm like, I'm buying every book she's written after this because... So good. It just had twists and turns that I did not see coming. And it was amazing. Like I flew through it so quickly. And I know a lot of people are are picking up like her new stuff, but they're not going back and reading this one. So if you like Samantha, Samantha Downing's writing, you definitely have to read My Lovely Wife. I haven't read this one either. I have not read 
any of the books that you have recommended, and now I feel like my TBR is getting bigger. I've seen people talk about my lovely wife. Um, I've never read anything by Samantha Downing. I do own the the cover is the woman with the fire behind her car. Yeah, that that um, book. I yeah, that's about a road trip, and it's about like them trying to get an inheritance. That's one. That's a lot of fun too. Is it? And so I've had that one, but I've never. Um, looked at her debut but now I'm going to check this one out before I go to her latest works my fifth recommendation <laughs> I could not leave Hannibal Lecter out of this like yes. I really tried I'm like okay don't be that basic that just <laughs> talks about her but I had to because he is the OG of serial killers um, I haven't read all the Hannibal books yet I've only read Red Dragon which is the first one and it's the introduction of where we see Hannibal Lecter for the first time um, and we follow FBI agent Will Graham as he's on a search for a serial killer but in order to find him he must pick the mind of a man whom he hunted down and put in jail Hannibal Lecter you see Graham retired soon after catching Lecter that journey left him with a near fatal wound and some intense trauma but of course when you're the best of the best at what you do people come to you for help and that's exactly what happens with Graham he gets contacted to find who the press had nicknamed the tooth fairy and this was just a fun book um, I'm dying to read book two because I want more of Hannibal Lecter while we're following more about Graham and finding this tooth fairy killer um, the interaction between Hannibal although it's there it's very limited but I really did enjoy seeing him for the first time and just knowing what happened to Graham when he first encountered Lecter all these years ago so I mean one of probably my favorite serial killer books. I love so much that you recommended this. Um, I've never read any of the Hannibal Lecter books, but Silence of the Lambs is to this day one of my favorite movies of all time. Yes. I don't know if it's the casting and the portrayal of Hannibal Lecter, but this is like when I was a kid, <laughs> I loved this movie. It is just so creepy and so good and so interesting. And then at birth, it took a long time between Silence of the Lambs for them to go back and do like the Red Dragon and all these other movies. So smart. That's what gets you because he's like a genius and the way he talks and so like well-mannered and with, I don't know, mm -hmm. he speaks with such poise. He's very traveled yes. and very worldly. So, yes. so good. <laughs> So creepy. So yeah, so those were our main recommendations. But I quickly wanted to mention some young adult recommendations. And I will have them listed in the show notes if you want to check them out. So for my YA recommendations, I have Stalking Jack the Ripper by Carrie Monascalo. There's Something Inside Your House by Stephanie Perkins. And 10 by Gretchen McNeil, which is an And Then There Were None retelling. Like I mentioned at the beginning, I do have a bunch of serial killer books on my TBR. So although I haven't personally read these yet, I'm excited about them and I wanted to share. Again, these will be linked in the show notes. Fiction Books First, These Toxic Things by Rachel Housel Hall, Monkey Wrench by the author team PJ Tracy, and Fourth Monkey by J.D. Barker. Now, nonfiction books have quite a bit more of those. The Phantom Prince by Elizabeth Kendall, Buried Beneath the Boarding House by Ryan Green, which I actually saw on Netflix. They did like a series of like creepy neighbors or something like that. And I saw it. I was like, oh, I want to read the book. Um, 
let's see, Green River, Running Red by Anne Rule, The Stranger Beside Me by Anne Rule, and Member of the Family, My Story of Charles Manson, Life Inside is Cold and the Darkness that Ended the 60s by Diane Lake. So that wraps up this episode on serial killer recommendations. I will have all of the books we mentioned in the notes of this episode. So if they sounded interesting to you, you can check them out. Thank you so much for joining me today, Marcy. It's always a pleasure hanging out with you. Thank you so much for having me on. I Talking about serial killers is always so interesting. And I'm so honored that you picked me to be on this podcast with so many true crime lovers out there. I, I'm just, I'm truly touched. So thank you so, so much. Of course. Absolutely. Talk Bookish to Me is a bi-weekly podcast bringing you book discussions, recommendations, and literary topics galore. Follow me on Instagram at Talk Bookish Podcast. Rate and review the podcast on Apple and Spotify. Also, the link for Patreon is in the show notes along with the links for Marcy's social media. Until next time, happy reading!